It's okay. You're in a political free zone in the Jeep Seat with Scott Robbins on 95.9 The Sports Nut. 95.9 The Sports Nut. I'm Craig Collins. Rick Hirschman is here. No Scott Robbins. He is MIA. Got an amazing vacation package from the Nut when he started. So he's out. Where is he? Belize? He's got an excellent agent. He does. It's an incredible agent. Yeah. And, no. if you, and if you can't be uh, off like he is today, I'll tell you again, go to Peacock's on uh, <laughs> Adams and Bartonville. Pigskin Pick'em Roadshow. Killer prizes right. from a Gold Rush Gaming. And, It'll uh, feel like you're on vacation, like Scott does all the time. With $3 you call it, heck yeah. Right. Um, Jordan Stone is the host of the First Guest Podcast. It is a podcast that covers all things college sports, uh, mostly football and basketball. I think we've dabbled in other things, golf, um, all kinds of stuff. But you love the college game, right, Jordan? Oh, absolutely. College sports is uh, is my love, no doubt. Um, and the first thing I want to do as we get into this here, I, I desperately want to talk BCS rankings with you, but I'll save that till the end. I know how much you love college football rankings and all that kind of stuff. I know you've made jokes about it before, but these are the ones that matter, as you said. So this yes, is the- yes. Now that now that the playoff committee has come out with the first rankings, now we can take them seriously. Mm-hmm. They, Good, and and the, they're the ridiculous. That don't mean a darn thing. They're ridiculous this week. It's crazy. The playoff committee is drunk with the way that they ranked one specific team, and I think people who listen to the show all the time will know what team I'm talking about. But before we get to that, uh, there's some really great games this week in in college football, including the Maryland game. You mentioned to me you like that game. Well, no, I was discussing. Off the air with you, the, the situation which is you know captivated the country as far as Maryland football coach DJ Jerkin mm-hmm. being reinstated by by President Lowe and the Board of Regents, and then President Lowe you know reinstated, and then him being fired the next day. And uh, what, what went on in Maryland with the, with the tragic death of, of the student athlete um, football player this year, and then what I have a huge problem is with with the University of Maryland's actions. Somebody has to take responsibility when 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 somebody passes away and dies because of of of, of unsafe uh, and, and brutal conditions that 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 person was was mandated by the strength and conditioning coach. The coach has to step up and take responsibility. And for the school to reinstate him and then cower after they reinstate him after a months long investigation by public by the students uh, protesting and then them firing him. Uh, the University of Maryland right now, uh, as I'm thinking about it, you know, all day and about it, just how they handle that situation is abhorrent. They brought the AD back and reinstated him. Uh, he needs to be fired as well. And and it all stems from Maryland. I, I have never gotten over Maryland going to the Big Ten. It was a money grab to begin with. They should have paid. They're, they're paying, by the way, this contract for, for Coach Dirk, and uh, they fired him without cause. So they're paying him in full anyways. They should have just paid him, started fresh. But the University of Maryland athletic program has just got me in an absolute tizzy. And you guys yeah. might remember this, a very famous 1986 when Len Bias died. Uh, from a cocaine overdose, one of the great college basketball players and would have been a phenomenal pro. You know, Lefty Drizel was out. You know, that's what happens. When horrible things happen, people have to take responsibility for them. And the way the University of Maryland handled this is a complete black stain on college athletics. And uh, I really want to get it off my chest. So thank well, you guys for listening to that, uh, that, that. You know, Jordan, I am so curious. I'm curious. President Wallace said uh, he gave a statement, I think, today. What did you think of him sort of pointing the blame on the board? Well, he was here. Was the deal, Craig? He was he he was told he would be fired by the board immediately if he did not reinstate Durkin and Evans, like the AD Evans and the coach Durkin. That was the deal. He had already announced his retirement. That was his kind of mea culpa, saying, "Hey, 
I'm being mandated to reinstate these guys, but I'm going to retire in the middle of 2019. And he, you know, he reinstated them, but he didn't want to reinstate them to begin with. But he was forced to his hand. The, the board of regents forced him, but he should be out to all along. The president, the AD, and the coach should have been out. This should have been done ages ago. This is they need a clean sweep and they need to start fresh. I mean, the thought that they reinstated that coach is so preposterous and so ridiculous. Uh, even though they came to their senses, it's way too late. It's it's a disaster and. Uh, uh, you know, it's just sickening how it was handled. And do you think they only came to their senses because of the, the backlash was so swift and so strong? Absolutely. I, there was no question. When the students mobilized, first, when they when when they reinstated Coach Turk and I, I fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. I never thought that was a scenario that was even possible. But then he immediately holds a meeting, a team meeting with the team, and half the team walked out of the meeting. Half the team wouldn't even sit for the meeting. Starters were walking out. You knew it was untenable right there. You knew it was untenable anyways, which is the part I can't get over. But then, yes, and then when the students decided to have a, a march on campus, you know, at 3.30 in the afternoon a couple of days ago, the writing was on the wall. Um, as I said, they fired them without cause, so they just want to make this go away. Um, and, by the way, one of the most interesting things that people forget is when, when, when Ralph Regan, who had a uh, – this is 10 years ago or so, when Ralph Regan did a great job at Maryland. Maryland actually played in a BCS game. Um, the coach in waiting was James Franklin. And if they had ever hired James Franklin then, things in Maryland would be phenomenal. But they let James Franklin go to Vanderbilt and, and, and couldn't figure out that he was – you know, going to be phenomenal, and obviously now he's enjoying great success at Penn State after turning Vanderbilt around, which is the akin to turning around, you know, uh, anything. I mean, if you can win at Vanderbilt, you certainly can win it anywhere. So, uh, yeah, the University of Maryland uh, is a disaster, and uh, I hope for a lot of, uh, well, I don't hope for bad things, but uh, they uh, they should be embarrassed in, in College Park, no doubt about I'm that. I'm curious, if they were a much better football team, if we're talking an OSU-type situation here, is he out or does a coach keep their job? That's a great point, Craig. Yeah, I, I certainly, you know, no question that Urban Meyer had had the cachet where a scandal he could get through it, which he did with a three-game suspension. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think if D.J. Durkin, who, you know, was only in, his, I believe, his second year uh, at Maryland, uh, yeah, he didn't certainly have the political capital, the winning. Yes, I, I, absolutely. We were, Let's not fool ourselves if – he was, uh, you know, look at how many times Coach Patino got in trouble and got through it. So, yeah, there's no doubt that if, if he was a major name, uh, he would have probably it would have had a better chance of hanging on. But yeah. it was under his watch. That's the thing I want to stress the most. You're the captain of the ship. If something goes awry, you've got to take responsibility for it. Um, you know, those were his coaches. And the AD has to take responsibility for the hiring. I cannot believe that, that the AD Evans is still uh, employed. And, by the way, the reason he is, is one of the reasons is the former AD, Kevin Anderson, they put him on six-month sabbatical, and then he resigned at the end of it. I mean, you want to talk about a complete disastrous athletic department. Uh, you know, Mark Turgeon, the basketball coach, who's the only steady employee I could see in this, in this whole thing right now, you know, he hasn't been winning very much lately, but he seems pretty solid now because who's going to hire a guy that does things the right way like Mark Turgeon? So he's probably got a lifetime deal at this point. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, if, if we try to get on to the actual games taking place this Saturday, um, Scott Robbins, who's missing from the show, always asks you what you think of the of Fighting Illini. They're playing at Minnesota this weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, first of all, uh, 
we're talking about a team right now with Lovey Smith, potentially the worst hire in the last several years. Uh, you know, defensive guru Lovey Smith, former defensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, and then of course longtime coach with the Bears. 127th, Craig, out of 129 D1 schools uh, in defense. Uh, gave up 63 points to the aforementioned Maryland last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, here's the scary part. I like Illinois in the nine and a half. <laughs> I think Illinois. That is uh, scary. Yeah, I think Illinois plus the points. I rarely ever say that on this show, but I right. like Illinois plus the points. Minnesota got very lucky last week. They got a huge lead against Indiana on uh, on Friday night, and then came and, and blew the whole lead, and then got lucky and won the game. I think Illinois is going to be in this game. Uh, I like PJ Fleck long term in Minnesota, but he still hasn't. He still doesn't have his program up to speed, and uh, I like Illinois plus a nine and a half. Wow, look at that! Um, I, you mentioned the Purdue Iowa game to me, and I'm I'm surprised you want to talk about this one, but I'm guessing because you feel upset coming. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I love Iowa in this game. I think Iowa's by far the best team in the Big Ten West. I know they lost last week at Penn State in a really good effort. Uh, you know, Iowa's got the one loss in in the West against Wisconsin, but uh, I like Iowa on the road. I was I saw Purdue in person last week uh, in East Lansing. I thought they played a really uh, mediocre game coming off that huge win, uh, you know, against Ohio State in West Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I think Iowa comes into a uh, I think Iowa comes into West Lafayette and gets it done. I'd be shocked if Iowa loses this game. I think Iowa's playing really, really good football. I mean, they lost to a very good Penn State team uh, on the road in a tough environment. And, uh, yeah, I like the Hawkeyes outright uh, by uh, double figures this week. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of ranked opponents playing each other this week. I, I don't Phenomenal know week. I don't know what week game you want to get to finally, first. We've got a lot of great games. Uh, Let's start with the with the not so published ones, even you know the biggest ones, but I think are ones that are I think there's a lot of value at. I like Texas Tech at home in Lubbock getting 13 against Oklahoma. Texas Tech's burned me all year. Anybody out there that's listening, go with the Red Raiders this week. I, I think Texas Tech's the play. I'm just gonna go rapid fire here real quick on some of these. Um, yeah, please. West Virginia, I love West Virginia at 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 uh, in Austin. I had really been high on this Texas team. Very high on them, and that loss last week in Stillwater, they will not get over that. That crushed all hopes of uh, of a potential playoff berth, plus you know probably a Big Ten championship game. I think they come in absolutely devastated from last week, and I think West Virginia throws the ball all over the joint. I'm not normally a West Virginia guy, but I think West Virginia plus the two and a half is a is a, is a great play. I think they win outright. Before the Mountaineers, before that loss, were you high on Texas? Did you see I'm them as a team? Texas. I thought Texas was was coming around. Um, absolutely, they had the great win, obviously in the Red River Shootout against mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Um, I thought Texas. Texas was, you know, had a week off, week to get ready. Um, yes, I thought Texas was going to – I was looking forward to a rematch between Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game with kind of a de facto winner. We'll get into the playoff rankings, but I thought the, that game very well, the winner of that game could, could would be in the playoffs. So yeah. horrible loss last week for Texas. Okay, what about um, another similarly ranked – Georgia is playing Kentucky. Kentucky's ranked 11. Yeah, Georgia's 6. I mean, Kentucky's just – I mean, the win they had last week in Columbia was an absolute miracle. Got played out the whole game and then won yeah. the last play of the game. Those things tend to even out. I love Georgia minus the eight. I think Georgia goes into Lexington and absolutely puts a whipping on the home team. I love the dogs big. I think Georgia manhandles Kentucky. Is Georgia a team that you still think could make it into the playoff? Um, no. Okay. I don't think I don't see any. It, 
because I don't see Georgia beating Alabama right. in in the SEC championship game. I, I don't see that happening at all. So no, I, I I mean things would have to fall right. Obviously they'd have to win out, and then they'd mm-hmm. have to win uh, the SEC championship against Alabama. And I just okay. I don't see that. I'm just trying um, to map out the ways in which I can get you to say that Notre Dame will be going to the college football well, playoff. Well we'll, well, we'll get to that. Let's okay. talk about this week with Notre Dame because I think me and you are on the same page this week. I, well, I, I mean Jordan, come on. The line keeps going up. Everybody likes the Irish this week, even though there's a lot of people that are rooting for for Northwestern. For, mm-hmm. for you know Notre Dame, as you know, has is polarizes everybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think Notre Dame's a winner this week. I don't know if they cover the nine and a half. I think it's real close. It could land on ten, but uh, I I think Notre Dame's a winner this week. Now, okay, wait. I want to I want to I want to for one second because I've heard you say some disparaging things about Notre Dame both in your podcast as well as on the show before, and I'm curious what you're not buying into. The defense is there. Rushing the ball against Notre Dame is very very difficult. Do you believe that it's the offensive side of the ball and you don't believe in Ian Book and how much better he's been than what yeah, they had before I think, him? I think, obviously, I think Book had, had that great game that he had, and then he's, he's gone backwards since then. I mean, the Virginia Tech game, he was really mediocre. Okay. Um, you know, they, they were it, that game was a lot closer than it ended up being. I mean, Virginia Tech had a million chances to really stay in that game. Uh, you know, I, I, no, we've seen it all year, Craig. You've seen it. I mean, Ball State gets blown up by 40 points every day. Meanwhile, they're hanging around well, that's, in, that's, in South Bend. But we're talking game. about a different team. Um, if we're talking about the non-Ian Book-led team, then sure, the Ball State game is much closer, much more relevant. Once you change the position of quarterback, I think you do change a team a lot more than at any other position. And Ian Book is, is far better point. than Wimbush. He's, he's I mean, far they're, they're better. I mean, they have to run the ball better. But, uh, you know, this, this, I, I've just been underwhelmed by this team, even with Book at, at the helm. Um, you know, they haven't played great competition lately, as you know. No, that's true. I well, mean, But Dexter Williams, time. too. You mentioned that they need to run the ball better. Dexter Williams, suspended at the beginning of the season, not playing in games like the one against Ball State, looks much better as a featured back than a lot of what Notre Dame had up until... I mean, if we obsess, and I, this is coming from a Notre Dame fan, so I guess it's a little bit unfair. If we obsess with how they performed the first three weeks of the season, the way they looked, for sure. I, I wasn't confident. I didn't feel good about this team. But you make a change at quarterback. You bring in people like Dexter, who's who's suspended. And the offensive side of the ball looks much, much better. And I think the one thing that you would agree on, and most people I talked to would agree on, the defensive side of the ball at Notre Dame, especially the run defense is elite. It's it's one of the best in college football. So it's, if it's, it's a very solid defense, there's right. no question about it. Offensively, they just they just don't wow anybody. Um, but you know, they've got some tough things coming up. First of all, it's very difficult to go undefeated period. So let's let's start there. True. The, the, the pitfall they've got and I've said this and you've heard me say this before and I have been speaking consistent on this. I think they'll win this game. I think their their hiccups going to be, believe it or not, in the in Yankee Stadium against Syracuse. <laughs> I think Syracuse yeah. is going to be able to throw the ball on them. I think Syracuse is a very very dangerous team when they play Syracuse. I think that's the loss. Mm-hmm. Florida State's a disaster right now, so they should get by Florida State, mm-hmm. and they will get by Florida State. But I think Syracuse is the one, and Notre and Notre Dame's in a position. Listen. Whatever the rankings say, Craig, if Notre Dame goes undefeated, they will be in the playoff. They better be. They they very much stable. They'll be in. I I knock on wood as you say that because I I envision a world in which maybe they're not, and I'm I'm very afraid of that world. Uh, By the way, real quick, Ian Book. Once they lose one game, then they've got a problem. Well, yes, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that once we talk a little bit more about Michigan. But real quick, Ian Book's numbers since he's been a starter: three twenty-five and two touchdowns his first week. 478 and 4, 271 and 2, 264 and 2, 330 and 2. And I'm aware that some of those teams are navies, um, but he right. has not looked bad 
at all, um, in my opinion, behind um, behind center for his entire run right now. And maybe that's coming you know, from a biased Notre Dame fan. Wimbush, it, it, it was, it was, it, you question how Brian Kelly hadn't figured that out sure. earlier. But, yes, there's no question that the team's performed well. Mm-hmm. The schedule's been kind of average throughout this whole thing. That's they true. haven't really beaten anybody except Michigan in week one. I, you know, I mean, listen, you can only beat the teams. It was, certainly looked like they'd be playing better teams. You thought Stanford would be better than what they've ended right. up being. But, uh, yeah, well, and let's, I'm not let's, taking anything away from Notre Dame. Let's, but, uh, let's, let's see this week in a tough environment. Yeah. Northwestern, that place is going to rock. Well, let's, let's talk about this a little bit because Michigan is also playing a tough game against Penn State this week. I believe they're yeah, at Penn I State. I believe Michigan's a 10.5-point favorite. Yeah. I, I'm a big Michigan backer, as you know. I think this team, I think this is Harbaugh's, well, certainly he's finally got a quarterback in Shea Patterson that's, that's extremely talented. I'm really surprised they're laying 10.5. Uh, you'd be nuts not to take 10.5 in Penn State. I know a lot of people thought the same thing with Wisconsin. When they were getting 10 uh, in Ann Arbor a couple of weeks ago, and people thought that was the play, and it wasn't. The thought that Penn State and Wisconsin are on the same plane is absolutely ridiculous. Penn State's 10 times better than Wisconsin. Um, this is going to be a really, really good game. Okay, before I get to then the, the biggest game of the weekend, are there any other ones we're missing before we talk Alabama-LSU? No. Okay. No, let's get to the big one. Then let's, let's get, get to, to the, the, this... the game that's just absolutely stunning. This, this game... This line, with Alabama now a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in right. Baton Rouge under the lights at Death Valley. I mean, this is no question Nick Saban's best offense he's ever mm-hmm. had at Alabama. This offense is absolutely uh, brilliant. I mean, throwing the ball like crazy. they got two great tailbacks. I mean, you know, LSU comes in with one unfortunate situation that their best defensive player, in my opinion, number 40, uh, Devin White, uh, is out for the first half on a targeting penalty in his last game. I think that's going to hurt a lot. I mean, they're begging you to take LSU in the points. They're begging you. They're 14 and a half. <laughs> uh, Bama blows them out. Bama covers the 14 and a half. Okay, I'm curious. Yeah. LSU is, is ranked three in the first BCS rankings to come out this week. They came out on right. Tuesday night. Um, if LSU loses to Alabama, do they still have a path to the college um, playoff? I assume. No. Okay. They're done. No, absolutely not. Right. No, they're, they're no. They, they will be officially out of the playoff picture at 11 p.m. Central <laughs> Saturday night. The odds of an upset for you, LSU actually winning this game. I mean, it's not my odds. The odds in real life is you can get 10 to one. Right, but you, what do you think? Do you is there any no, shot? I, I don't give them. I mean, none. Okay, I don't give them any shot. I am curious if LSU can somehow win on Saturday if that muddies the playoff waters. Here's what I oh, want to talk sure. about. Oh, absolutely. By the way, if they win this game, LSU will be ranked higher than Alabama. This is true. Next LSU, come out on Tuesday. LSU is a one-loss team. Um, anyone, absolutely, and it's, right. a good, it's, a, it's not a bad loss. It's not a bad I mean, loss. They lost at Florida. Florida's been mm-hmm. pretty damn good. And Florida's 11th in the rankings. So, right. Yeah, I mean, listen, LSU controls their own fate. Okay. I mean, if LSU wins out, they'll be in the playoff. Correct. Um, is no there question. a way, I this is what I'm envisioning, is there a way that both LSU and Alabama can make the college football playoff? No. And if No, there's no scenario in which no, both teams no can scenario. make it. Okay. No. All right. I, I like hearing you say that. I'm concerned no, yeah, no, that it no, could no, happen. I, 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 yes. I mean, I. yes, there is no scenario. I mean, right now, the scenario that I paint, and, and let's get to this right now. So Alabama – will be your number one seed. Mm-hmm. I don't see Alabama losing to anybody, um, including the SEC championship game. So Alabama goes undefeated into the playoff. Clemson's going to be playing nobody. Clemson's <laughs> walking into the playoff. Yeah. So those two teams I feel very secure about, which brings us to 
the quandary that we're left with, which is right. And just for a, a, for anyone listening, Notre Dame. Well, Michigan, for, well, yeah. For, for anyone listening, here are the next rankings after Alabama one, Clemson two, and the first BCS uh, college rankings that again I said came out on Tuesday. LSU is three, Notre Dame four, Michigan five, Georgia six, Oklahoma seven. Um, those are probably the only teams right That's now right. that are that even have an outside chance. Um, and I know it's early, but out of that group. You're, you want to actually make predictions, or you just want to tell me what would have to break what well, way for those teams to go? I mean, okay. so LSU controls their own fate. Mm-hmm. Once they lose to Alabama on Saturday, that'll be that <laughs> They're done. The end. They'll, they'll have two losses. Nobody with two losses is going to be in the playoff. Got it. Nobody with two losses. Uh, so count LSU out. Michigan wins this week in a tough one. Notre Dame advances, wins again. Georgia wins. Oklahoma wins. Uh, Oklahoma wins, but barely. I still like Texas Tech at those points. Mm-hmm. But so those those teams all move up. Notre Dame controls its own fate. So now Notre Dame will move to three in the rankings next week. So assuming in Michigan will move to four. So obviously everybody controls their own fate. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame wins out clearly undefeated. They'll be the number three seed going into the playoff. Everyone's so low on them though. The fact that they're already in the first ranking. An undefeated Notre Dame team is outside of the top yeah, three. To me, it was shocking. Strength. Well, but they beat Michigan. Michigan is it ranked was the first five. Game of the year, and they barely got that win. It was the first game of the year. I think. Listen, I think you could ask a lot of people if Michigan played Notre Dame today, who they think would win the See, game. See, that's Michigan okay. On a okay. Field right now would be a six-point favorite over Notre Dame. Jordan, I'm standing up in the <laughs> studio. You probably just heard me move my microphone. What you just did is say that a team has changed from what they were at the beginning of the season to what they yeah. are now. Everyone sees... Team, first of all, let, let's remember how this system works. It's best to get your first loss early in the, in the, in the No, in, I, I know. I, I, I completely agree with you. But here's the thing. Notre Dame has changed as well, and people seem to let that fall on deaf ears. The team is different now than the team they played in week one. Anyone. What, well, they, they are. I, I'm impressed by the Notre Dame football well, team. You, you love these guys. Meanwhile, they're beating up a Navy. It's not their fault they're playing Navy. This no. is a good test this week at Northwestern. Northwestern's playing good football sure. right now. Let's see Notre Dame go on the road and, and destroy somebody. So By the way, Stanford game. Neutral field. You know, at Syracuse is a neutral field. I mean, this is Notre Dame. The Stanford you know, game means nothing to anyone now. Correct. The Stanford win is for Notre Dame. Stanford's turned out to be a real mediocre club. They are. Yeah, they're not. They're not as quite nearly as good as they were ranked. They're unranked in this uh, ranking, and they're obviously yeah, not. There's a reason because right. they lost several games. They barely lost to Washington State, thirty-eight forty-one, in a game that was very close with a very good Washington State team. So I'm not sure that they're. And Utah went in there and blew them out. Okay. In that's, Palo Alto. Well, when's the last time that Stanford last there? And Stanford's, Stanford's lost a lot of games. I mean, listen, that's not Notre Dame's fault. I'm mm-hmm. not blaming Notre Dame. It's I know. Notre I just, I just, winning. I think it's so pervasive that so many people would say if Michigan and Notre Dame played right now, it would be an absolute blowout. Michigan will win the game, and yet I'd say it would be a blowout. But Michigan's a better football team right now than Notre Dame. That's you. They. I, that's my opinion on the eye test. I know. If I know. I really Jordan, want to talk about defenses. Michigan's defense is better than Notre Dame's defense. Period. I am silenced. I am stunned to silence in that, okay, that comment. Um, It's true. Yeah, well, maybe. It may. By the way, when Michigan goes to Columbus, Ohio Mm -hmm. in two weeks, Mm -hmm. beats Ohio State, then what are you going to say? Well, Ohio State is. Is that a good win at Columbus? No, it's a good win. They're a flawed program, too, though. Ohio State's not exactly a a perfect football team. It's not like beating an Alabama. They're pretty good. Right. They're pretty good. At Columbus, too. Right. If, if if Michigan goes into Columbus and wins there, 
Michigan deserves a lot of credit. And they're going to have to follow that up with a Big Ten championship win against, you know, Iowa. I believe it will be Iowa. I still think Iowa's the best team in the West, or if it's Wisconsin or if it's whoever. But um, I'm, I'm just yeah, not sure I mean, that Ohio State is such a meaningful game when they can get blown out by Purdue. When that team can get blown out by a Purdue football team, do you really think? I understand think... that. Okay. I understand that. I mean, Ohio State has one loss, though. One terrible loss against an awful football team. Well, let me ask you this, hypothetically, since, you're, you're, since you brought up that, that, that statement. If Notre Dame loses to Syracuse, mm-hmm. will, will, which loss will be worse? <laughs> um. I mean, Syracuse, I happen to think, is pretty good. Yeah. Syracuse has had some, is a really good offense. Sure. Defensively, they've got some problems. But they put another 50 up against North, North Carolina State last week, who's not bad. Um, no, that's I, where I see Notre Dame slipping up. I know I you think do. If it comes down to, if Oklahoma runs the table, here's my prediction. If Oklahoma runs the, runs the table and Michigan runs the table and Notre Dame loses once, Notre mm-hmm. Dame will be out of the playoff. Fair enough. Everybody will be thinking like you are, hey, Michigan has one loss, Notre Dame has one loss, but Notre Dame beat Michigan straight up. Notre Dame should get the nod, and that's not what should should happen and not what will happen. Michigan will deserve the spot. You are the host of the First Guest Podcast, Jordan Stone, (laughs) every week. I I went way long in this segment, but it's because of my obsession with Notre Dame football, which I I can't deny. Well... but if you want first guesses from Jordan Stone, check it out every Friday. The first guest podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your, wherever you get your podcasts. And Jordan, next week, um, I believe you're going to have a pretty big guest from the Sun Times, correct? That's my plan. Yeah. Uh, if, if if my producer has this booking done, uh, we will talk <laughs> about the media. We, you know, with uh, a lot of things shaking. Uh, with the Monday night football getting panned every week as the worst production in sports, we're going to talk about that. Talk about Johnny Miller's uh, retirement, impending retirement uh, at NBC, the best golf announcer I've ever heard, and uh, and so forth. Cool. But, uh, we'll save that nonsense for next week. But this week, good luck to your Irish. Now, Thank you, sir. Now you got everybody all fired up. I did, yeah, and I hope there's a lot of Notre Dame fans here in Peoria because we certainly talked about that a lot. But thank you, Jordan. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys.